Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to my independence report. Welcome to Friday, by the way. It's a beautiful day, wherever you are. It has to be a beautiful day because there's just no point in having any other kind. And uh, before we begin, I want to make sure that I shout out to uh, Tracy Lamori from Lamori Media. Uh, I've turned Fridays kind of over to her because she finds the most incredible people that I get to talk to. Last week, I got to talk to a 14-year-old singer-songwriter and named Bolo, and uh, she is uh, phenomenal and was great fun. Today, we get to talk to, and I'm not sure that he's prepared for this, but we get to talk to an internationally award-winning director writer. His name is George. <laughs> His name is George Atkinson. <laughs> George, welcome to the show. How does it feel to be an uh, internationally known, award-winning director? Um, uh, surreal, <laughs> bewildering. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm very politely British, as I was saying to you before the show, so I, I don't know how red I am. Um, uh, don't worry. If, if the hue hasn't changed, it's just I've become <laughs> – I blush very easily, you know. Um it, it feels it, it feels good. It's very unusual because I got both awards at very, very sort of bizarre and inconvenient times. The first time um, I was having a, a Japanese with my girlfriend and watching Star Trek. And so I, I just thought, oh, right, okay. Um, right, well, I'm an award-winning filmmaker now. Let's hope that, you know, uh, Captain Janeway rescues her crew from the Borg. And... Um, and the second time is is actually when I was uh, a, a family dinner. We were going we we're going out, so it's obvious whenever I'm eating. <laughs> yes, well, I, got, <laughs> I got to tell you, it sure looks good at the top of the resume, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've just been saying to my my girlfriend, as long as we, you know, we, we just you know go out to a restaurant, you know, the awards will obviously just just keep coming. But it's um. <laughs> No, it, it's great. It's um, I think that because of the culture that you know Britain has, you, you can't. You have to be humble at all times. So, sort of, it's a bit. It's almost a bit taboo to be sort of like, oh wow, I've I've done the award. All I can say is that um, I did very well, but the cast were incredible. Yeah, you yeah. know, and um, I the, wanted to talk to you about all of that because, well, first of all, yeah. I, I got to know. Uh, obviously this is your passion and sure. I like to talk to people about their passion. How yeah. did you get into it? How did you, how did you write? Cause grace is the name of the piece that you did. It's yeah. a 17 minute piece. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, how did you, how did you come to write stuff? And you, I know you went to film school and, and learned some stuff there, but did you think when you were in film school that, that you were going to be a young guy and, mm -hmm. and have so much success early? I think the truth of the matter is, is that I did, and then it was sort of like a case of humble erosion, which the um, this business will do to you. And when when I was because I was I went to film school when I was twenty two, twenty three, and I thought, oh, you know, it's uh, I think I think that the internet spoiled me. 
the internet sort of teaches you that you can sort of do anything and anything's possible. True. And then you actually start getting into it and you get roadblock roadblock after roadblock and you get people saying no and you get um you know lots of different challenges which of course you or anybody in in this business will will know that. So I think actually I was a, a lot more confident and cockier then than I am now in a way but maybe I've become a bit more realistic. And um so I actually wrote Grace in film school. I, I wrote it right. and um I, but I remember thinking, this is quite a mature piece. It's about you know a, a woman who lives with um, a guy who has uh, ALS, motor neuron disease, and she has been with him for a while, and it's getting difficult, and there are challenges. And I remember thinking, I don't know if you're mature enough to take this on. And so I just sort of kept it in my, you know, rear view. And then I, you know, did a, a sci-fi, a little sci-fi student film. I didn't want it to be a student film, you know. I wanted it to be something that was, you know, that could be seen as a, you know, a professional piece of work. And and that's what we did. And I think that I made the right decision in that respect. I'm so looking forward to seeing it because the premise of it is mm. uh, a wife who's taking care of her husband with ALS, mm. and then and her life is going a certain way. Sure. Of course. Somebody shows up at the door mm. and turns out to be somebody that she was acquainted with in an mm. earlier time. And then yeah. how, how does she deal with that? And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to, to <laughs> you know, it, it should be, it should be really, really interesting. Cause that is, you know, I, that, how did you, you came up with that in film school? Yeah. Um, did, yeah. Is there history behind that. Um, there was a necessity behind it. All right, I tell you, um, oh God, I should have probably done a bit more um, research. She even lectured at the college, but I remember her work more than I remember her name. And um, it was a it was a lecturer at film school, and she showed us some of the um, a couple of films that she did. And there was one film where it was literally a um, a mother and a, a young boy um, just driving. And she's obviously, there's obviously been an argument with the father. You don't see that, but it's obvious. And they're, they're just driving and just this tension in, in the car was immense. And then they drive to a cliff and she just grabs all of these um, uh, boxes and clothes and things like that, throws them off the cliff. And obviously this is sort of after uh, an, an argument, an event, and uh, then she just grabs the the child and starts crying, and we uh, and we just settle on that for two minutes. And I know that some people watched that and thought, "All right then," but I remember thinking, "You've just captured a very real moment in time," mm -hmm. and it sort of showed me the possibility of filmmaking because, of course when you're a, a film student, you just want to show that you, you know, you can do science fiction or horror or anything like that. And I just remember seeing that and thinking, you can just make films about very, very small instances as long as it's real. And so it got me kind of thinking in that direction. And the final thing was, um, I was watching, I'm giving my secrets away here maybe, but I was watching, I was addicted to a show called House. Of sure, course. sure. And there was this um, 
there is an episode where I think one of the, uh, the patients is either disabled or, or, or is consistently ill. And the wife is talking about how difficult her situation is. And just a thought went through my mind of what would happen if you were with somebody who was very ill or was consistently ill, and then you were given an alternative option. And I just remember thinking, that's, that's very, very challenging. That's a very, very challenging thing, which I'm sure that a lot of people have been. It's a situation that people have either been in or they can watch it and immediately recognize that sort of conflict. And I thought, okay, that's doable. And then also my film school mind went, that'd be really cheap to make. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you have to think like that because, you know, nobody's going to, especially at a student level or anything like that, nobody's going to give you any money. Nobody cares. Right. You know, and you really have to sort of, um, if you're going to do this, you have to really have this mindset. Nobody cares. If you make films and you start winning awards, suddenly people will act as though they've always cared. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Why didn't you call me first? You know, um, but I remember just uh, thinking, okay, that's doable. It's three actors. But then the big challenge came, which was you've got to write your heart out. Yeah. You can't mess something like that up because it's the, the problem there, I think, is it's so realistic and it's so something that we can all understand that if you put anything out of alignment, people are going to immediately know. Sure. And so that's when I made the decision, you're not ready for that. You can't write like that yet. You know, it's, 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 I, I find it interesting because I love that kind of work. The, the where it's real where yeah. it's something that we can all relate to and a lot of movies today are a lot of sci-fi and big explosions and big stuff and but they don't get into the depth of the human experience yeah and that that really is obviously it's the reason you won the award is because you captured that human experience that the yeah. people were going through yeah and it, it was very real and uh, that that is what's really cool about the the work that you you do, mm. and is that it's not a sci-fi. And you're right, the horror thing, uh, the mm. slasher films and stuff. That's that's kind of, that's kind of like a in my mind, that's kind of like a comic who swears. Right. It's an easy laugh. Yes. And so that is also an easier film to make. It might be more expensive, but it's easier because it it doesn't require the in-depth thoughts that you put yeah. into. It. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I grew up with, I grew up loving science fiction and I still have aspirations to do science fiction. But what I realized is um, some of the best science fiction stories are ones where there's actually a deeper human meaning to it. And you're right, you can go the other way. You can go, um, say, for example, I always think of Terminator 2. Um, a classic action 90s film and people think, and this is this is the mentality, people look at uh, something like Terminator 2 and they go, oh right, well why it worked is because of the incredible special effects and the explosions and, and all that kind of stuff. Why it really worked is all of those things were there, but it was more the characterization of Sarah Connor, um, who became, in the first film, she's this young um, kind of, uh, naive lady and then in the second film because of the things that have happened to her in the first film she's in a mental asylum 
And so her character has progressed and right. you can actually care about what's happened. But it's true, what people do, especially with sci-fi and horror, is they just think, oh, it's blood and effects. Uh, where that's not, no, that, that, that's great, that's dressing. But if there's no substance, as you said, and I think that one of the reasons why I wanted to do with Grace was I felt myself being pulled in that direction, science fiction-wise. And I remember thinking, right, okay, before you go into the science fiction world, can you just do a drama mm. with nothing? You've got no phasers, no lasers, no <laughs> Death Stars, no, nothing like that. Forget it. And I remember thinking, that's hard. Mm -hmm. That's difficult. And so I, I started watching a lot of, I don't know if you've, you're familiar with a um, great British director called Ken Loach. He won uh, qu quite a number of awards with something called I, Daniel, I, Daniel Blake. One of the most simplest, quite straightforward, cheap films you could ever see. Feature length, won tons of awards. And it's about a guy who, um, it's a sort of a narrative on the, the benefit system in the United Kingdom and, um, you know, the struggles of that. It's like a political kind of thing, but it's, it's just about a, a guy who um, sort of working class, as, as we call it in the UK, and, and his struggles around it. And I just thought, actually, that's the hard, it's like what you said, that when you've got no gimmicks to hide behind, no crutches to hide behind, you as a filmmaker are tested. And I remember thinking, I, I won't be able to respect myself as a filmmaker or a writer if I can't just do something that's straightforward and, uh, and grabs people. So. It's kind of like the. Uh, are you familiar with the? Uh, and it's 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 older than you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, a classic. A uh, classic. Yeah. Which is just twelve guys that are in a room, mm. and they're they're trying to decide somebody's fate, and mm. then all of the the writing had to be really really hard to make it interesting and keep people involved but it was a classic film because, and for that very reason that it was mm. all about the human dynamic exactly i mean it's it's effectively like a theater production yes but 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 filmed and i think that people also um when i watched it many many years ago but i remember thinking even the cinematography here is very good and i think that what they realized was okay We've got a theatre production, it's very easy, but let's still try and make it filmic. Right. Let's try and, and, and still make it look and feel um, like a film. Obviously, you're restricted, but yeah. And so Grace was kind of born out of necessity, but also a desire to just make something that's meaningful and something that's serious. And, and I see a lot of young filmmakers, um, yeah, do, do the horror, you know, do the loads of people get killed and what can you do and, and everything and you know the sci-fi and and everything i think that those things can be done well when it's you know there's a story there's an idea that's holding it all together um but usually you don't see that you usually just see filmmakers who've seen a lot of cool effects and go i want to do that mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely now question for you if somebody wants to see this film mm. how do they see it where do they where do they gotta go? Well, it's not had its world premiere yet. Um, 
so we think that um, we don't know we don't know what it's because we, we submitted it to over 30 film festivals and uh, it won awards in two and it hasn't even been shown in the, those yet that uh, they've been, it was like a monthly um, thing but but two separate ones is 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 good um, a lot of the notification dates haven't even come up yet they're there for film festivals in the in the next few months we don't know if it's going to be um, either premiering in the Cannes Film Festival, uh, not the Cannes Film Festival, Cannes Film Awards. Those very different things, trust me. And when we go, when we go to the Cannes Film Festival, I can assure you. But Cannes Film Awards, which is, um, you know, it's I'm not ashamed to say it's a, a lesser festival, but it just happens to be in Cannes. It's either going to be there or um, it could even premiere in Canada. There's There's like three different destinations. So once that, once it's had its premiere in a film festival, we can um, obviously, uh, you know, it becomes easier to release online. But um, Effortless Pictures, on either, either like Effortless Pictures on Facebook, you can like Grace Short Film 2021 on Facebook. All the information is there, or just go to effortlesspictures.co.uk, and there'll be constant updates. You'll see where the, where the festival circuit is happening, and um, we probably are going to try and release the film, um, hopefully by December. But um, you know, it's it's just customary to let a few film festivals show it, um, you know, before you know releasing it generally. It's just so polite, almost. So you're gonna you're gonna if you release it in December, mm. that means that. Um, You'll have to prepare your acceptance speech at the Oscars between then. <laughs> can you? Can you? I I know that I know that you probably don't even want to think about it. But uh, can you? Can you imagine having? And the winner for short film is George Atkinson. And and can you just imagine what that would be like to go to the Oscars and do that? I'd have to stand up and say, no, there are better films. Trust me. <laughs> we did this in like 12 hours. It's not that good. Don't worry about it. You see, this is why I have a PR woman for me. Um, you know, I'd say, lads, let's have a recount, you know. Um, I don't know. I, um, I mean, I, I look at it and I think that the story's great and I think that the acting is unbelievable. We, we were blessed and, and that's not a word I use. Um, often you, you have to really mean it. We were blessed with unbelievably talented actors and passionate actors and actors who were ready to do a, a film that was difficult. You know, um, I don't know if I, I don't, I, I think I'd have to get comfortable with it. I mean, the whole point of doing filmmaking is obviously to get recognition and to get people watching it. And right. I, so, so I don't want I don't want to be silly about it and go oh no no absolutely not no because part of part of me obviously would like the recognition of course it's totally natural. Well, you're also, you're also telling a message and you're you're, yes. you're you're telling a story and that story yeah. means something to you. It's like it's like you're the you were the writer and director. What's it like to interview actors when you're so invested in the project? That's a great question. We were stunned. We had to. Um, we had over three hundred 
women apply for the part of grace. Wow. And some of them wrote very, very impassioned letters about it. I think it's because um, at this level, um, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but I think that a lot of the female roles are either, you know, damsel in distress or, or you know, it's shifted now. You'll get, you'll get a lot more lead roles, you know, for women because of, you know, the society that we're, we're now entering. But it's complicated roles. Roles where you have to maybe hold two emotions at once, you know, uh, or very, very challenging roles. They're not as, um, yeah, there's not a lot of those at this level as we talked about. Usually it'll be, you know, they'll be auditioning for a horror role. But a serious role where it's a woman who um, basically has to look after this 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 guy and they're alone and she's alone. I think that that was quite attractive. And so we had to narrow it down to 50. We auditioned 50 women over three days. Wow. And unfortunately, all of them were really, really great. <laughs> and I thought this doesn't make it any easier. And so what we did was, this was kind of part of the strategy. We knew that auditioning we auditioned women, we auditioned the guys, and we auditioned, um, you know, the, the, the Grace character and, and Jake, who's the, the guy at the door. And what we realized was we had to not only audition them individually, we had to get them together and do like a couple's audition because their chemistry would sell the film. Mm -hmm. That was one of the, and we had to do it all again separately, and that was tough. And in the end, um, Ruth and Garth, I've, I've told them this, I've, I've told everybody this, when they auditioned together and they left, I thought, if this film is going to win any awards, it's going to be because of them, right? It was, it was magic. It was believable. I believed every, every second of it, and me and my um, cinematographer, Rick, we just looked at each other and we went, oh, my God, that, that's it. That's them. And it's unfortunate because that was um, halfway through the day. Other people came in, mm -hmm. but they were just, this was lightning in a bottle. And so we immediately, two days later, just said, look, you've got it. I imagine being a female, being an actress mm -hmm. in this day and age would be very tough because you're, if you're not young and drop dead gorgeous, mm -hmm. and you are a great actress, but it's hard to be seen. And there aren't very many roles like your role that you put out there for them. Yeah. So that, that's why you had such a response is because that could help their acting chops and yeah. could they show that to uh, uh, for future directors and that kind of thing, I would think. Yeah. And um, I've always enjoyed um, writing good and complicated characters for actors to sink their teeth into because most actors that I've ever met, they're really, really, they're really passionate and intense and I'm passionate and intense. So I understand that. And so I try to write, even if it is a, a genre based film, I try to write things that they can just sit with and they can 
you know, they, they can just divulge it. Um, sorry, they can, they can just dive in, should I say, into it. And it's true. And I'm not an expert on um, sort of the demographics between male and between female. And I, I, I wouldn't know that. I could imagine that it is, it is tougher in, in some respects um, for women. And especially now when you have, you know, you have a lot more films that have lead female roles, but there's also this other argument, which is, are they just kind of like token um, roles rather than actual well-written characters? We were, I was writing a TV series, um, but don't worry, that, that, that won't be coming <laughs> anytime soon. Um, you know, writing a TV series and, and, um, I wrote one of the characters as uh, you know a female and as as a lesbian, and I remember thinking, well, if you're going to do that, if you're going to write that role, make it an actual character and not a token character. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, write a character that's very complicated and write write a character that's real, rather than me just going, oh look, I'm being diverse. <laughs> Aren't I great? <laughs> Can I, can I have those brownie points, please? Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, um, because that's insulting and that's patronizing. Yeah. You know, to everybody, to, to all parties, you know, and, um, you know, write, write a character that is first and foremost an interesting and an engaging character. That's what I think. Now, in your background, because mm. you did a lot on YouTube. Yeah. And, and you've been, you know, you've been, this podcasting world thing is very difficult. Yeah. Um, I was telling a friend yesterday, there are 850,000 podcasts out there, literally millions of uh, episodes and have to be heard is mm. hard. And YouTube is the same thing, but you had success on YouTube, didn't you? Well, yeah, I, um, so I know that you'll know maybe a sort of a little bit of, um, the basics, but I was the fragrance apprentice and I reviewed fragrances, but I, what I did was I, I dropped my um cinematic film sort of skills into that world and so it wasn't just fragrance reviewing if say for example if there was a fragrance that reminded me of i don't know the smells of uh the beach or the ocean i would I'd, we'd, we'd go to the beach we'd shoot that review and we'd shoot it cinematically like a film and i would try to even add stories into it and the the big thing is perseverance and, and also managing your expectations. When when I first got into fragrance reviewing, it was 2013, 2014, and I was a complete loser for doing so. And I knew I was. And I just thought, oh what what a what a ridiculous thing to do. But I, I I really respected the guys who were doing it and I really liked fragrances and I thought this will also sort of be like a training ground for me. Because when you're a filmmaker, if you don't like I said, if you don't have money you can't you can't make anything right and so you're losing time in not filming and so you don't know what you're doing when you get to a film set and you know oh well i i, I didn't do any filming and i didn't try to learn my craft or hone my craft for five years because i didn't have any money and that's not a good excuse so i thought i knew i needed a youtube channel but i thought like upload, you know trying to do short films and things like that that wasn't for me because um, you, it's not very searchable on YouTube. People aren't really searching for short films. Right. And I just, I wanted to do about fragrance because I was completely captivated by the, some of the early fragrance reviewers. 
And so, yeah, for the first, honestly, five years, just coasting, coasting, coasting. And I was not very known. And I was the guy who did the weird fragrance videos, not, not, not just reviews, but I was also known as the guy who did the film things. Over the past two years, I went from 7,000 subscribers to nearly 34. Holy crap. Right? Absolutely. And suddenly, it's, what it felt like was I was the uncool, kind of like bizarre alternative guy. And now what I do is seen as cool with the, with the film sort of elements and the cinematics and the whatever it's called. And um, now I'm seen as one of the bigger guys, one of, one of the main sort of fragrance viewers, even though probably before 10, 15 minutes ago, Kevin, you, you didn't even know that there was such a thing, you know, <laughs> well, the fragrance community. You, you yeah. got to understand, I'm not, I'm not real heavy in fragrances. <laughs> that's, not, that's not something that I would say. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever searched YouTube for no. fragrances. No. Well, now, so it's it's kind of like this nice homely kind of thing, and and you become very comfortable in um, in the thing that you're successful at. And there've been times where I thought, "What am I doing? This is wild. I don't want to be doing this. I want to be a filmmaker." But then I don't know. Especially the last year has been the best year of it, and it it feels as though I've kind of like got a great compromise with it. And I still really love doing it. And, um, you know, it's also shown to me that I can build an audience. And that leads me to talk about the, the, where, where you talk about the five things right. that you need to do to, if you're going to be successful in this business. Right. Okay. Number one thing, um, you absolutely have got to become very, very like tolerant with rejections and with no's. And this is something that, I don't know, it, it's so difficult to put into words because you can't just be tolerant with rejection. You've got to expect it as the default, right? Yeah. And you've got to sort of go, you have to get up in the morning and almost be like, right, can't wait to get told no today. <laughs> can't wait. Let's do it. And um, you have to become sort of numb to it. And um, I suppose that maybe this would be my second one or maybe you could interlink it because it's sort of a, <coughs> pardon me, a generalized message. You can't take anything personally. If, you, if you're somebody, and I am, you know, creative people are, um, they're very, they can usually be quite agreeable. They can be very sensitive. And of course, you know, are, you know, and I am one of those guys. And, you know, uh, oh, I feel this, and this color makes me feel like this and that and the other. And that's great in context, and that's lovely, and, and it'll make you an artist, right? But you've got to turn that off when you're in the meeting. Mm. Or when you're submitting something to a film festival and they say no, and you, uh, I will actually see people go, going, oh, my God, what have I done? And it's like you've done nothing. Like, again, I, um, one of the things that really transformed my mindset is 300 women applied for Grace. It's one role. 
Right. I can't say, oh, you know what? Five of you are great. Let's do, let's do five films. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work like that. And so you have to kind of really learn to not take things personally and, um, yeah, just go along with that. Third thing um, is you've got to get organized. You've got to get organized. I am a scatterbrain, right? Again, it goes with the territory. It's almost, it's only, either get organized or, or make enough money to hire somebody to be organized for you. Mm-hmm. I don't have that luxury just yet, but if you're unorganized and you don't know, right, I've got to get my um, meeting sorted, I've got to get um, my scripts ready, I've got to get um, this and this and this, and I need to know where everything is either on my phone or on my computer or in, in physical life, one of the biggest things that um, will literally floor me is I'll think, hang on a minute, I do have my bi- biography somewhere. I do know that I've got um, my submissions for this and that and the other somewhere. Somewhere's no longer good enough. <laughs> no. It's got to be there in front of you, right? So organization uh, honestly, it, it saves time. There will be people who will get further in life and in and in this this business because somebody will say, um, "We need you to be here, and we need you to do this, and we need you to do that," and they can just go, "All right, well, good, done. I'm 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 here." Or we need this by this time, by this and that that and the other, and okay, right, it's done like that. And and they they might not even be as good an artist as you, but you're they're there, they're ready. So I'd say that that would be um, another one. Fourth one is oh, don't be a perfectionist. Stop. It's it's like giving yourself uh, mental health problems for free, right? <laughs> it, it, it's incredible. It's like this weird sort of self-service that you do. When I was younger, um, and I think that this is maybe Facebook's uh, social media. I don't know. I see people of my age and younger going, well, if it's not perfect, I can't do it. No, because um, say, for example, with, with YouTube, which is content, you've got, to, you know, you've got to keep uploading to stay relevant. If you don't do a podcast, you'll be, well, you won't be you know, forgotten, but it, it's good to keep going like up and up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And some, some podcasts will be better than others. Some podcasts will be absolutely perfect, whatever sort of perfect means. Uh, hopefully this one is up there. And, uh, you know, I don't know. But, I try, I try. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I'm, I'm trying with you. But this desire and need for um, everything's got to be perfect and I've, I've got to get this and I've got to get that. One of the big things that I've seen is I've seen filmmakers – they will do a project and they will work on it for years to make it perfect. Meanwhile, another filmmaker has made three pretty good, they could have been improved filmmakers, but you know what? They met people. They did the film festival circuit. They met people and they know who that person's name is. Perfection actually, I think, in a way, gets in the this obsession with perfection gets in the way of networking, quite literally. Oh, sure. Because you're stuck in the you're stuck in the little room. Yeah trying to recut it and redo it and, and it's yeah. got to be perfect instead of networking and not just that but you're stifling yourself 
great is is Grace a perfect film? No, I could tell you five things about about it that I I don't like, but I'll learn from them. I'll learn from but, them. But it won it won awards, and so and apparently yeah. you're the only one who found, found the uh, the fly in them. I think that that's my job, though, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's my job. Um, there are there are some episodes of uh, Star Trek as I as I told you, I kind of grew up with. There are some episodes of of Star Trek that I think are absolutely like aspirational. Writing, directing, production design, acting. I look at upon them, you know, I bow in prayer and go, amazing. Um, recently, two of the cast members from Star Trek Voyager started doing a podcast and they would talk about the episodes that they were in. One of my favorite episodes, they just slated it for 45 minutes. <laughs> I almost have to turn them off and email them and say, don't you dare. <laughs> you know, I'm a wrong. Yeah, exactly, right? But it's true. When you're on the inside of something, you can you can see it and you can see the problems, and it's sort of you're hardwired to almost do that. But um, yeah, I can learn from them, and hopefully I will. But again, you can also do something, release it, and everybody else looks at it a different way and goes, "That's bloody brilliant! Well done." I, so. I, I can't let this go without mm. asking you maybe mm. the most important question you've ever yeah. been asked. All right. Who was your favorite captain? It's Janeway. It's Janeway. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought she was wonderful in that role. Yeah. No, well, I I um I think that because I know that Voyager in general is seen as um one of the lesser kind of Star Trek series, which I, I totally disagree with. And what I've realized is I think that Voyager actually was more popular in the UK. I can believe that. It was like more popular in the UK. And um, when they did a convention in Blackpool, Kate and uh, Robert Beltran and Rock Picardo and, uh, you know, the, the Voyager cast, they were, they were top billing. Of course, they weren't probably top billing over Patrick Stewart. I mean, he's one of our own. Right. And so we adore him. But Voyager seemed to be in, incredibly successful in, um, <coughs> in the UK. So... Yeah, yeah, Janeway's final answer. Don't need to phone a friend. <laughs> totally Janeway. Um, and I suppose that my last thing is um, a very cliched thing, but you've got it, the big thing, I think, or the fifth big thing to know is you've got the time. As in, People will go, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm, I, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and I'm running out of time all the time, always. And then life passes them, and they get to whatever age, and they go, I've been just this ball of stress for 35 years, and I just feel you know, terrible for it. Um, I think that it, that's an unhealthy way of going about things, and, I, you know, I'm 28 and I'm like I'm gonna be 30 soon and when when you hit your 30s you're not as marketable as when you're in your 20s and you can't move to Hollywood and you know all this because they want people in their 20s don't want people in their 30s right and, it, and it's all, all this but um life doesn't quite work like that uh I've met people pitching I went to a pitch fest in Hollywood and there were people in their 30s 40s and 50s and, and they just had a good attitude and they were good and 
I remember somebody in their forties actually did really well, and um, I don't know if they got an option out of it. We didn't we didn't keep in touch, but I remember them. They had a they had a meal with one of the producers, and it seemed to go very well. And if my mindset was right about all that, they were, you know, oh, you know, you have to be in your twenties and, and this and that. That producer wouldn't have even had a meal with them, right? You know, so, so don't worry. I mean, obviously, don't be apathetic. Don't go the, the opposite way. But this constant, oh God, you know, stress. The world's already stressful. You don't need to stress yourself out. The world will do that for you plenty. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you are so right. You know, and, and even in doing a, a podcast, which mm. I'm, I'm out there, you know, six to eight podcasts a week is, wow. is what I do. I've been doing it for a while, but it takes time. It's, it's, it's like a pregnancy. It takes time <laughs> to birth something decent. Yeah. And, and, and after a while, and it starts to grow, and then it will reach a point. It's like with your work and the short films, it's going to reach a point where it's going to have a life of its own that you're yeah. not going to even be able to control. Because uh, Now, are you still doing the fragrance thing, by the way? I have to ask you. Um, let's just say that I'm taking a, a sabbatical from it at the moment. Um, you know, and, and this needs my attention at the moment, Yeah. you know, right now. And so, yeah, I'm taking a sabbatical. I know deep down that I love it. And, um, I wasn't very well, uh, recently. Um, I'm okay. Totally okay. Now had a pretty bad infection in early early april and um had to get to the hospital they filled me in with uh, antibiotics and that was literally just on the cusp of um the film and some things going on with the fragrance and i came out and i had to pick one because i thought you've you've just had this massive infection is it either going to be the fragrance apprentice or is it going to be film the, the, the grace film and obviously you know i love fragrance apprentice but there was obviously you know i had to do the film and so i'm still kind of riding that wave um, with it and now we're talking about making another I mean it was it was crazy I, I was in I was in hospital and as I was getting better I was writing to Tracy <laughs> you know I was I was, I was um, you know finalizing the edit you know whilst I was in hospital and I had a drip on me um, I can't be stopped you know I scare myself sometimes actually you know what I mean sure. um, and then I came out of hospital and, and then oh, the film's complete, we've got to submit now, and press release and everything. But um, I think, actually, that, that did me quite a lot of good, you know, because it was back to life. Yeah. Sure, and, and having an IV stuck in your arm and in the hospital for several days, that, that tends to be as basic life as it gets. Yes, exactly, and you can't, you know, we, we couldn't have any visitors because of, of, of COVID and everything. And I, I, you know, it was, it was pretty lonely in a way, but um, just sort of out of the hospital and into the fire with this all kicking off. And then, I'm, you know, the awards and, and, and this and that and the other, it was, um, it's been, it's been a wild couple of months, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I tell you, you know, just to, uh, uh, um, give Tracy a shout out. Of she course. is one of the most passionate people in your corner of anybody that I can imagine. Because I will call her literally. I'm in Seattle. I'm on the, yeah. on the west coast, and she is in 
the East Coast, mm-hmm. and I, I'll call her at ten o'clock my time, and she'll mm-hmm. return my she'll return my text or my call right away, and it's one o'clock her time. So she, I don't know when she sleeps, but she works she works for you guys all the time. It's great. Well, it's funny because um, I met Tracy for a mutual friend called Rush, who is actually a fan of the fragrance apprentice. He was in show business, and and he got into contact with me, and he said, you know, kid, you're you're quite talented. And uh, I said, well, thank you. And um, so we, we got talking and we were, we have some projects set for Toronto. And he said, you're, um, you're going to need a publicist. And I said, okay. And he said, I've got two options for you. A very lovely um, British lady or an absolutely uh, mad Canadian, but she'll get your results. And I said, I'll take them. Um, I'll take the mad Canadian for, with results, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I remember just speaking to, uh, to Tracy. And, yeah, she's she's unbelievably intense, a very, very intense um, person. But it kind of works because I'm at that level with this as well. And so I feel as though there's more of a sort of a – like a language or a thing that the, the conversations that we have can are very quick and, but they translate very well because mm-hmm. she goes, um, I go this, that, and the other. And she goes, right. Okay. This, that, and this, and I go, yep, yeah, perfect. And it will be like a two minute conversation. We're saving so much time, <laughs> but yep. it's because we're both very intense and, and crazy. So it's wonderful. It's great. So let me ask you, you, you won a couple of awards. You're 28 sure. years old. You've got a short, uh, the grace is the short mm-hmm. film that you did. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, that I think is going to be a, a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And as it, when it gets into wider release and so forth, where do you see yourself in 20 years? Do you want to continue directing and writing? Um, hopefully by a fire in Edinburgh, drinking a very large whiskey. <laughs> oh man, after <laughs> me own heart. <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, I just uh, I, I've got a lot of ideas and I've got a lot of projects, um, you know, and I just love it. It's one of those. I don't know if you have this, but it's kind of like a love hate relationship, really, because we we shot it in a day, which we shouldn't have done. We should have done two days. That's one sort of mistake that I learned from. And the, I mean, the next day, I, I felt hungover. I hadn't had a drink. But it's so so intense, and, and and there are some things that you can't um, you can't buy, and you couldn't, uh, and, and the sort of the level of pain yet reward is incredible. And so, yes, in twenty years, I I hope that I've done a couple TV series, some films. I've been able to tell my stories, and I've been able to tell them at, at the best of my ability and I've met a lot of people and, and, and worked with a lot of people and uh, yeah, just fantastic. Now correct me, if I'm wrong. Yeah. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but as, as an award winning director, yeah. are, are people starting to seek you out for other projects other than what you've written? All I will say is that it's very akin to what I said earlier. You, I've had a few people who weren't interested I will not name any names, but people who just weren't interested, and then miraculously. <laughs> it's amazing how that happened. As if by magic, you know, um, I suddenly got like three messages from, from people. And um, so, yes, I, I have had that, but it's just the beginning. 
since yes. the beginning, there's 28 festivals to go. And to win, you know, um, win best first time director in the first two, I'll take that as a good, could be beginner's luck, could be like in a casino, could lose everything after <laughs> that one big win. You know, I might have to cash out, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'll take it as a good omen. Now, I do know that uh, um, I obviously I'm not a filmmaker, so I, I'm guessing here is that getting into the film festival is difficult in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Winning is even more difficult. And you won the first two that you entered. Is that is that right? So you're you're yeah. you're on a roll and it's like you're at the crap table and you're going sevens and yeah. it's gonna be okay. I think so. I mean obviously sorry, there's some kids outside. We uh we live near a uh, a pub actually sorry um but um if 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 all if it gets worse just can, can move room so you're, you're you're actually quite mobile um but yes i um i think that the bigger festivals are a challenge you know like toronto that's a, that, that's a challenge um but what we've been told is because of the subject matter and because it's unusual it's an unusual subject matter for a short film. Um, and it's unusual for somebody who's early in his career to be trying to tackle that. That could help. That could help. Sure. Now, I'm, I'm not even sure if the Seattle Film Festival is still in operation or if, or if have you guys applied for the Seattle one yet? If it, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think I would have seen it. I'm sure would I think I would have seen it. it. It might, you know, film festivals don't. That there isn't sort of necessarily a um, like a season. Yeah. Well, and, and the COVID, the COVID has really screwed up our our oh, yeah. getting together and watching stuff. Things we're not allowed yeah. to do that uh, at no. least in Washington State yet. So no. Um, yeah, we've we've done majority with Europe. We've 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 done some for United States um, next year. But we were aware that you just have to be careful and um, it's an ever-changing situation. You know, uh, it, we've tried to be careful by doing it next year, but who knows what, what next year will bring. We, we just don't know. Um, if it's an online festival, I'll take it. But the, the big thing is meeting people and getting to know people and all that kind of stuff. I gotta ask you a question. He's he's recently passed away, but um, and I forget the name of the show that he he interviewed uh, people that the, the actor studio. I forget the, um, James. Oh my goodness, yeah, is he passed away recently? I didn't know. Yeah, he he recently did pass away. Um, oh, I didn't know. And I was watching him interview people like Robin Williams and and guys yeah. that had been through the. And then I, I they panned the audience. And there are so many yeah. that are trying to get into the business and and make it work. Mm. It's got to feel feel really good to have been among those masses and have kind of called them out. And you're you're kind of the front of the class. Yeah, um, I was saying to you before before we started. Um, you, I've seen. I have tried to see as many horror stories of how everything can go wrong as I have. I've really acquainted myself with 
as many sort of ways that you can sort of screw this up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because I really don't want to. And, and I think that one of the things that you can do is you can hit a stride and you could go, right, well, I'm set. Right now, I'm doing very well. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But you see a lot of people who go to, they, they literally just try to grab cruise control immediately. And they, they don't worry about the gears or anything like that, or even where they're going. And you see some people just crash into a tree. And so I'm very, very grateful. And I'm very, very happy about it. But it could, you know, the journey has just started and you've got to completely um, see where you're going and, and try to just keep going. It has yeah. been a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> I have really you. had a good time. You, you. You, you're, you're, an, you're an awesome dude, as they say. And, Appreciate uh, it. If, but, but I have to ask you a favor. Sure. The day after you win your Oscar, right. will you come back on my podcast? You'll be the first one. I appreciate it, man. You'll be the first one. Yeah, because you are you are awesome. You're talented. You're going to do. Uh, you're going to have a great career, and sure. it's just an awesome uh, day to talk to you. So, if you, uh, but I and, and I need to wrap this up. But sure. if you sure. were a, well, you 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 are now an established person. Can you, you give advice, can you give advice to somebody who wants to do what you are doing? Yeah, and then and just kind of lay it out for them. Okay, start. Just start. Honestly, I didn't make Grace for a number of years. And I thought, oh, I'll get around to it, get around to it, get around to it, get around to it. Um, just, just start. It doesn't, um, it is harder to stop the momentum of something that has begun than, well, if there's nothing to have momentum, then then you're in trouble. Um, then, then it's not going to happen. Once you start a roll, uh, you know, it's a part of nature. It's a fixed part of nature. You get a snowball, you roll it down, it picks up speed, it picks up snow. That's where the term snowballing comes from, obviously. But you see that element in nature, the Big Bang with the universe spreading out. Um, you see it with waters, you know, um, you have a little bit of a, a river and then it gets higher and higher and higher. So suddenly everything's flooded. Momentum is a natural part of nature. But for you to um, sort of feed on the, uh, the natural momentum of anything and of life, you have to begin. There's so a slogan that, uh, that uh, I think Nike uses, just do it. Um, it's terrifying. Just, it just gotta terrifying. Just do it. Just gotta do it. And and yeah. even if it even if it isn't perfect, and and there are there are lots of podcasts, and there's some good ones, and there's some not so good. But just just get out there and, and just and just do it. Well, I've got to say that uh, this is a fantastic one. Oh, well, thank you very much. I haven't won any awards yet, though, George. <laughs> <laughs> I need an award. Don't worry, you'll get one. I'm sure that you will. Um, there, there's no question of that. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. And I just want to remind our audience, as what George Atkinson, when when it comes out, mm. you need to go see. Grace is the name of the film, mm. and you need to see it. It's mm. it. 
it's it's dynamic. I can't wait to see it because I think yeah. it's a great study in in all yeah. of our humanity. Yes, exactly. And um, I think that you'll appreciate. I, I think you'll appreciate the ending. Uh, the I, ending, especially, is the thing that people have been talking about. So yeah, don't don't uh, um, no oh, no no um, don't worry. But that's um, <laughs> very, let's just say that as critical as I am, I'm very proud of the the final four to five minutes. That's great. Uh, yeah. So. That's awesome. We've been talking with George Atkinson. He's an award-winning director. I love saying that. An award-winning <laughs> director. Him, actually. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's just and we're just getting started in the uh, um, um, film festival season. So mm -hmm. who knows what the rest of the summer and fall holds for you? That that'll be interesting. I'll look up Seattle Film Festivals. I'll give it a, an extra submission. You know, I'll yeah. come and say hello. I would love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You could watch it there, couldn't you, for the first time? That would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. That would be. That would be. By the way, is there a website that you that you want to reference or anything? Yes, of course. Um, I mean, uh, www.effortlesspictures.co.uk. But just look us up on Facebook, Effortless Pictures, um, or Grace, short film 2021. That's the official page of the film. Awesome. When look for it, folks. When Grace comes out, it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. And if you like those pages, you'll be told immediately when it comes out publicly. Perfect. That's 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 good marketing right there. I wonder who thought of that. That would be. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> I I appreciate you so much, and I appreciate you coming on the show. I have to do this, but if you'll stay right there, and then we'll be right back. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.